Hey, rock stars, welcome back to Rock the Mic. I'm your host, the photog of Rock Gods, Mike Klein. On today's episode, I'm chatting with my good friends over at Sharp Brothers. They've incorporated art and the seventh sense together to make an amazing timepiece for all of us rock stars to wear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Live on the rock line, I've got the Sharp Brothers Company. They make amazing timepieces. I've got them here for all you rock stars, and we're going to talk to them today live. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, good. good. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Hanging in there. So I've got you guys, Florida and New York. Is that what I'm thinking? Both New York. Okay. So both upstate. Okay. How are things up there? Things are good. Things are doing good. Well, guys, let's jump right into it. We've been talking for a couple weeks now, and actually I've gotten some of your timepieces in, which are amazing. And today I'm having a lust day, so we'll have to talk about that in a bit. But before we start, tell me a little bit about the product and the company. Sure. Steve, you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Sure. This is Kareem here. Um, thanks so much for having us on the show. Really appreciate it. You know, the company is, we're very proud of what we're doing over here. We're very excited about the products that we make. Um, we basically are making beautiful time pieces that are really cool, fashion forward, unique, innovative. And at the same time, I think at least with the debut offering that we have with Seven Sins, that there's a little bit of some depth there too, as far as uh, getting people to sort of, you know, think a little bit more about what motivates them or, or how they kind of want to live their lives and, and kind of go through their days. And that's kind of, I think, very interesting with the uh, seven sins concept where, you know, on a daily basis, are you sort of embracing or rebelling against these different sins that may show up on your, on your sins wheel, on your wrist? You know, we're excited about some new offerings that are coming in the future here. And uh, we're just dedicated to making beautiful artistic pieces that uh, make an impact and get people thinking. I'll let Stephen say a couple words, too, because it's a beautiful collaboration between me and my brother-in-law here, Stephen. So go on, Steve. Go ahead. Say what you want to say, too. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I was going to add, if it's not apparent by the name, we are brothers-in-laws. Um Sharp Rose and Laws didn't have as nice a ring to it, so we dropped that. You know, it started out, we were hanging out in a bar. I was in a low point, just getting out of a divorce. So the bartender with Mickey Mouse watch on and that smiling face, and I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, right. it just, I'm like, no, it can't be. I'm like, I want to do one with Mickey Mouse holding a switchblade. You know, I've always had a fascination with knives and, you know, I was a tattoo artist for a while. I'm a designer. So that was my idea. And, you know, Kareem being this manufacturing production marketing whiz was like, you know what, that's going to cost to license Mickey Mouse. I'm like, we don't need Mickey Mouse. Let's just do the switchblade. And, you know, Kareem being a, a massive watch collector, he automatically went into you know, the movement and, you know, the, the hands and what about the depth and, you know, scuba divers would love this. We both have a fascination with uh, diving watches. Um, and he started talking about the day date wheel. Right. And I never understood why that is on a watch. Like, if you don't know what day it is, you should not even be getting out of bed. So it was there. I don't know if it was the bourbon talking, but I was like, you know what? We don't need the day. Instead of seven days of the week, it's going to be seven cents. And it just kind of went from there and we just built on that whole concept of you know each day is a sin you know how do we 
push it out? How do we connect with the people? How do we get them thinking about their lives, their days? You know, it might be sort of high concept. Um, it might just be a cool watch that people buy, but there is that story behind it. Well, I think it's great. I read it that um, you had mentioned like the watch is a cultural icon, which I agree. Um, yeah. I'm a huge timepiece collector as well. Was there any other thoughts of other pieces or was it automatically just a go-to for the watch? Well, I'm going to let Kareem talk about that, but I just want to preface that with, to me, it was just about the seven cents because it was, I've been thinking about that for a while. I've been thinking about, you know, a, a watch with a knife, but just the nature of Kareem's work, he automatically went into what else can we do and how do we expand this? So uh, you, you want to talk, talk to that, Kareem? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, when Stephen kind of presented the seven sins, you know, idea and what we were going to do here and that it would, you know, we could make this possible. I started immediately thinking about how this creates an entirely new space within this watch arena, which is so like vanilla. Correct. And how everything is just basically... You know, you're riding on a yacht now. Now you're on a plane. Now you're doing this. Now you're doing that. And it's just it was this very sort of cookie cutter approach to what is luxury, what is sort of lifestyle and so on when it comes to watches. Um, very kind of preconceived in many ways. And I always felt that the way that Stephen did his design was so unique and so edgy that to bring that to the watch space would kind of create a unique counterculture approach sure. to how we could do things in watches. And that's kind of exactly where it's kind of been morphing to. The interesting thing though, is, is that along the way, there's a lot of like, you know, discovered surprises that you come up with. And that's, what's been really interesting. Um, like for example, you know, we've been just shocked by how many women love to wear this watch, even though it's larger on their wrists and has, you know, some some kind of darker colors to it and so on and so forth. But there's been a big sort of like embracing from that side of things. Also, when we started doing some of our initial outreach and marketing, we were also shocked by, you know, what kind of age brackets really appreciated this watch and so on and that's the kind of things that you never really plan for until you sort of make something put it out there and just see who likes it and why but in my mind i really feel that we make watches that get people thinking um you know and basically allow people to have a very sort of introspective thought process around how they want to kind of tell the time and how they want to kind of look down at their wrist. And maybe when they look down at their wrist, they're maybe looking down at it to, to get the time, but at the same time, maybe remind them of something or kind of stir something within them, whether it's a motivation or an energy or a, or even a thought process about on how they're sort of living their life. So that's the thing. I think it's a little bit abstract and, you know, the more and more we talk to people and the more and more we get comments, which is what's so great about, I guess, social media these days, the kind of instant feedback side of things, um, we really just learn. We keep we, we kind of keep learning along the way what Sharp Brothers means for not just us, but for other people. And I think that in the end of the day, um, when you make products for for people, um, not just for yourselves, you, you learn a lot. 
about things that you do that you never even would have thought of. So yeah, I, and I mean, I agree with that a hundred percent. Even before we started this the business, you know, Kareem would get a watch and I would see it and he would show me the watch and I would look at it and the, the way it looked visually, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool watch. Or you know, maybe I didn't like the watch, but he would be like, look at the crown and check out the movement and it, it's a this number movement and it's got this accessory and i'm just like yeah all right whatever like if it wasn't my brother-in-law i'd be like dude i don't give a shit right there's so much to it no i get it no (laughs) but yeah and then talking with these people that i've come across that we sell to and that we're what that we've been dealing with i see this passion and that that was i mean that was beautiful just seeing these people talk about the parts that go into the watch and to me being a visual person i not that I didn't care, but I didn't have an interest in that, but just getting more into it, you know, you know, we'll spend days thinking about like, wait, what about this movement? How, like we make it better. How can we adjust it? So it's great. Like, you know, Kareem said, just learning every day. It's, it, it was nice. Let's talk about the, the style of the watch. And obviously you've got it nailed down as far as the technique to the watch, the build. Yeah. It's strong. It's sexy. It's not too big. It's not too small. Like you said, I love the fact that I love seeing women wearing big face watches. But I've also noticed that obviously when you open the package, of course, everybody will see you get different straps and bracelets. But then I see that there's collaborations that are going on with different people. And I want to talk about that. Yeah, we went to Art Basel. Um couple of months ago and we really were that was really our first push out to the public you know, physically you know we, we had a huge um online campaign but art basel was really the first time that we would there our faces were out in front of the public and we really thought that you know we were going to be selling this to men and um a majority of our of people buying it were women and at first we were like oh you're buying it for your husband your your boyfriend your son and they were like no I want it. You know, it looks really good on me. We were really surprised by that. And uh, that was an eye opener. So, yeah. Tell me about the Aladdin, like the strap art in the Aladdin. Tell me about that. I mean, essentially, when we were going to go down to Art Basel, you know, our original idea was let's just kind of, you know, put our stuff out there, you know, make a nice presentation and just, you know, see how people sort of feel about it. Obviously, since, you know, it's an art show and we were coming down there with a product, um, the venue was kind of a little bit, you know, they didn't really know how to process that. However, there was one person who was, you know, kind of in charge of the event and so on and so forth, who really took a very different approach and said, no, 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 I love what you're doing, but I'd love to tie it to art and more so than just even the art that you guys make. Um, which are your timepieces. And uh, my feeling is, is how about if there was a collaboration with, you know, a, a really good or a strong, you know, local artist where we could kind of have maybe some inspiration drawn from the different seven sins. Maybe there could be some live art happening within your sort of like booth or area. And that was where the introduction to Aladdin came about, who also, you know, comes from kind of a graffiti background and, and so forth. And, and we reached out to our like our music contacts down there and and artists that we knew down there and you know we had a call out to you know a few and looking over all the artists that that we were considering he just immediately like the art just spoke to us yeah I think and it's it, really it cool similar yeah yeah similar to what what we do up here and then uh, 
you know, we have another guy who, who lives in Miami or just outside of Miami who works with us and, and he went and met with him. It was a perfect collaboration. Yeah. And it turned out really great. And then basically, so that was a, a wonderful, unique experiment together where essentially Aladdin came with us. He was there for several days. We really got to know him well and became good friends really quick. Um, you know, and you know that because at the end of each day, everyone's like, all right, where are we going to drink? Sure. Right. right. You know that it's not just about doing the work, but we actually were enjoying each other's company and learning from each other. Um, but, you know, what was really wonderful was he was saying, you know, all right, I'm doing this piece today and it's and it's wrath. And I went this way or I'm doing and he had like a like a Coke can that was like like it was like half crumpled. And that was wrath. And then he had this other one, which was like lust. And it was based upon, you know, some other kind of like a CD motel type of look. And he just he was taking these different sins and kind of internalizing it and then creating these pieces of art. And people loved it. And it really drew a crowd outside of what we were doing, which was unique in and of itself. And and it made for a wonderful, wonderful collab. And then we said, hey, you know what? Let's just put one of these pieces of art that you really like on one of our NATO straps, too. And let's see how people feel about that. And we brought that down as an experiment. And everybody wanted the Aladdin strap. And so we actually have it on our site as well um, in an area called Sharp Art, which is on our site. And we have those straps for sale, which are the Aladdin um, custom strap. And and that may be an area that we may decide to kind of continue to pursue with some unique art or collabs or different things. Again, yeah, so like when we were down there, we really connected with a few artists. And then towards the end, we had a bunch of artists coming to us with collaboration ideas. And that was a huge win for us. Like we weren't expecting that the months before our Art Basel, we were working with Aladdin to to develop the strap because the idea was that we would have straps at the show to sell. It didn't work out that way. We had a few um, that if you bought one of his paintings, you got one of the straps. He sold a lot. I mean, you should check out his site. His site's really good as well. But that whole thing just opened up doors for us. And, you know, we're collaborating with other artists as well. Well, I was going to say the great thing about not only the art, it's opening the doors for all art, whether it's music or musical artists that'll want it. Um, the watch is obviously classy, but it's edgy. And I think that that kind of touches a lot of people, a lot of people that I even tour with. Like, I think we were talking about it off the air earlier, like guys like Youngblood or a Halsey or Anybody out there that's, you know, kind of a fashion icon, I think would be a great collab at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true, too, because people are just they're wearing pieces today that, you know, speak to who they are and speak to their identity. But at the same time, you know, are uh, very sort of um, accepted and kind of well kind of tried and true. And, and what I mean by that is, is you've got like, you know, the Conor McGregor's out there who will wear like, you know, a yacht master, but then completely bling it out to make it their their own. Right. So sure. they're wearing that classic style watch, but they're bringing their own identity to it or they're doing whatever they're doing. And I think that that is kind of the bridge there that we have a, a very uh, well-established shape to the watch, which is that sort of um, submariner style diving watch shape with a lot of high quality ingredients to it. But then there's all this edge to it. And that edge is, a, is what allows it to be worn by um, you know, different people who may want to showcase or, or wear it in more of a fashion sense 
than a more classic timepiece sense. And so that's really kind of the bridge there that it's a very traditional, but at the same time, extremely not traditional. I was going to say, it gives the, the owner a voice. It gives them a way to sort of not even go through the day, but to declare themselves. Like you were saying, like I forgot earlier when we started, you said like you're, you're in a lust deck. Like mine right now is a uh, slot. Okay. And I have so much going on today that I'm like, all right, I have to rebel against sloth today. You know, maybe yesterday I would have been like sloth. Right, I'm going to bed for three hours today. So as far as that goes, it, it really gives a voice and that interaction. I was going to say the interaction is neat. Again, if you don't know what day it is, I agree. Then you don't know what day it is. But <laughs> yeah. to give you a an option or a choice to know how to feel or, or, or to give you an option of how to feel, I think is neat and it's interactive. And I think that'll keep this timeless. And I like yeah, that. Definitely. Definitely. We have we have a digital version coming out, a, not a digital, a smartwatch version coming out, an app for smartwatches with us as well. Um, we're exploring the music scene. You know, like both of you know, Kareem's a musician, plays a ton of and in a few rock bands. I'm a huge, you know, music fan, I'm an artist. We're bringing what we love, our passions into this company. And, you know, we started with Art Basel, you know, playing around with the art scene. We had um, plans to go to punk rock bowling in Vegas. That was canceled. So, you know, this whole COVID thing is throwing everyone for a loop. But, uh, yeah. Well, obviously it gives you guys a lot of time to sit back in the studios and kind of think about, you know, what's yeah. next and sketching things out. Now, I know you guys have cornered the market now at this point with the seven cents. So I'm excited about that. What's next? I know you just mentioned like a smartwatch. Um, I noticed the Fury watch as well. Yeah. Well, the smart, it's, we're not doing a smartwatch. We're doing an app for any type of smartwatch the person owns. Oh, I got you. You really want to, I have a lot of friends and, and people that I know that only have smartwatches. Um, and we didn't want to you know, exclude them. So, you know, we have something, something in the works, but yeah, Fury is next. Tell me a little bit about Fury. Like when is that going to launch? I, I can talk on that a little bit. I mean, basically with Fury, um, we're, we're just in the middle of kind of all the prototyping stages. The first level prototypes have all been coming out and, you know, this is a, this is kind of a consistent sort of ebb and flow developmental process. You know, and this is where Stephen and I always, you know, have a little fun with each other. You know, Stephen is obviously, uh, you know, a great designer and I deal with kind of the craziness of manufacturing and, and it never really goes as smoothly as you would like. Um, so, you know, you come out with the first iteration, you look at it and you say, oh, man, these guys, you know, they put this stuff too high or they didn't center it or they used the wrong font or, or you know, these ticks aren't as big as they need to be or whatever it may be. And you look at it and you then put it on your wrist and then you make sort of decisions to say, oh, wow, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised with these two things, but this one definitely won't fly. And so we're in the middle of the developmental process right now. Um, QA is a bitch. <laughs> what's yeah. good about it, too, is that it also, you know, I love working in restraints. So, you know, we get a hiccup or we get an issue and it's like, all right, let's pivot. Like we either change it. Or if we can't change it, then how do we enhance it? How do we make it not a road? How do we not make it an issue? How do we, you know, make it part of the watch or or part of the process? So Yeah, so we're I mean we're hoping we're hoping that probably by the tail end of the summer, maybe even early fall, we'll have this watch available. 
Um, and we've been working around how we want to sort of bring it to market as a next level watch. I mean, in, in many ways, the Seven Sins watch was complicated in ways that I think many users didn't even care about or even appreciate in some ways. And we know that because, you know, we would get some messages from some folks that would say, I got my watch and like it doesn't like work. And and we would say, well, you know that it's an automatic watch, which means <laughs> that you got to like wind the thing or you got to like, you know, you got to, you know, move it around on your wrist a bit to activate the engine inside they didn't even realize it was an automatic watch they just and and maybe they never even owned an automatic watch in their lives they just loved the way it looked and what it did and so the point is is that we put in a lot of bells and whistles into seven spins and i think the reason for that was that we just didn't really know who was going to love it whether it was going to be the micro brand people the collectors the people who cared about movements or people who just loved the look and feel and style of it so we sort of did it all to say hey listen if we do it all then hopefully we'll appeal to everybody you know <laughs> we'll sure. appeal to the people well, we'll appeal you to know the what people. hold on it i feel like we put all that stuff in there cuz that's what we would have wanted like true. You know, we built this watch for us true and you kept saying like yeah that would be cool is everyone going to love it? So it it started with what we wanted, what we wanted to wear, what what we loved and what we were passionate about. You know, and now looking back on it, there were not too many changes or too many, you know, sort of forks in the road. So I think that that's right, too. We definitely built a watch that we wanted to be proud of and that we would love and the things that we would want in the watches um, for sure. Um, you know, me, I wear diving watches every day. I wear them like a tank. You know, I want it to last. I right. want to beat it up. I want to just not think about ever a battery and the rest of these things, dive in it, swim in it, do whatever. And so, you know, that that was my background on on the philosophy of at least what I would have wanted. But then I think with Fury, the difference was is there's a really big market with some of the new brands that are having a lot of success and penetration and and these are going to be like the movements of the world and and other brands of that nature that are definitely about just style and fashion you know high quality materials too but maybe not as much of the kitchen sink is thrown into it and it still comes off in a really strong way so we believe that fury is going to be that offering that it's going to have some different color palettes to it. It's going to have some nice functionality to it. I mean, it'll be it'll be a great Japanese quartz movement. It will basically have some really nice and unique features to it for sure, and be and be very stylistic. It may just not have um, as much of the uh, of the the bells and whistles, if you want to say, or at least the same kinds of bells and whistles that the Sins watch had. And at that way, you know, we will have a, a different price point as well that I think will appeal to some of the audience also. Because, again, in this whole process of us listening to what people say, a lot of people had said, and maybe some of them just because they didn't really know about automatic watches or even understood all of the things that the watch had or sure. came with, they would say, oh, I love the look of this thing. It's beautiful. But you know, 300 some dollars is just way too much. But they didn't know that, like, you know, maybe that was actually cheap for a really good 300 meter diving depth watch with a ceramic bezel, two bands, a travel case and an automatic movement. Like, right. They never bought a watch like that. So they just automatically thought, like, it looks really cool. So maybe it's not supposed to be this expensive or uh, there's some strange also, logic around that. So 
Also, a lot of, not a lot, but a few of those people that, you know, complained about the price of the watch, they ended up buying it anyway. So. Well, it jumps out to you. I mean, that's the first thing that I saw about it. Like, I really love black and red. Like, I get stuck on black in general, but. Yeah. The Switchblade, it's a strong piece. And not to mention, like, the second hand having the blood drop. Like, I feel like it's super rock star. Um, and edgy, but I think, you know, you can dress it up. Like, there's so many things you can do with it. Like, I'm excited to kind of put it out there, especially, like, once the world opens up and go back on tour. Like, I'm excited to show people off, like, what it looks like, what yeah. it feels like. Um, it's not too heavy on your wrist. I think it's great. Like, I think it's a really cool yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. That's nice to hear. And it's nice to hear you say you like the black and red, because to me, that's everything. Like, I had my first car was a 67 Mustang, and it was black with red stripes. And if I look back through my portfolio, black and red is a huge, huge factor in how I've done my fine art, how I've done my designs. Sure. So well, it's I nice mean, to hear other people pick up on color schemes. No, I love it. I mean, that was kind of the first thing that drew me to it. And especially like I'm, I've changed the bands around that you've sent and I've looked at them and I was like, I don't know. The NATO strap is kind of like it's strong. It just complements the watch. And I like it. I think it's a great. Yeah. Watch. Yeah. So. Real quick, moving forward, um, of course, I know we're all stuck and, you know, due to COVID, <laughs> and that's kind of slowing the world down. Um, what's the end of the year look like? Are you guys doing, you know, shows or are you guys, you know, what's next to kind of push the watch? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we had plans to go to Punk Rock Bowl and we were thinking about doing some nice shows. This, you know, we, we were in the, we were right about to start and then it all, you know, the world took a shit on us on everybody so online right now is pretty much the the promo for everybody and anything yeah and so you get a lot of response off of that yeah we do we, we have a huge social media campaign going we have you know the website i would say same to you know as steven said we're really going to just push as much as we can online and really just kind of establish ourselves in any ways that we that we really really can do i mean in the end if we think about it i mean even pre-covid i mean people just aren't buying almost so many things or almost anything in person anymore right. people buy cars online they you know turn the alarm systems of their homes on and off from other parts of the world through their phone i mean people just they, they buy their food they hire nannies for their kids i mean they do everything you could think of you know, on the web today. And so, you know, we really have been establishing some nice um, presence online and some good kind of channels. And, and we're going to do some really beautiful marketing and, and try to just keep pushing in the online space. Because, you know, what I've noticed, too, is, is that when you do things in person, there's a pro and a con to that. I mean, it's expensive to travel out to go to these shows uh, between the lodging and the travel sure, and the booth right. fees and, and everything else. And in the end of the day, most of the time, it isn't really buyers that are at these shows. It's a lot of attendees or, or if it is buyers, they get what, you know, what you would see as this like zombie effect. Whereas, you know, in the online space, if, if people are, you know, interested in watches and they have looked at three or four things that are similar and look alike audiences and all this other kind of stuff, then sort of their interests then follow them right through cookies and all this other kind of, you know, online uh, mumbo jumbo and magic that happened. Right. 
is the much more efficient way, definitely on a you know user by user basis to kind of you know grab people, um, at least when you're trying to sell a product, um, positioning a product. But you know wherever we can be in front of people, we love to do it. We we want to do it. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be online for a bit, and you know part of that has to do with this COVID stuff, and part of it just has to do with the way the world is. Um, so you know. And we look at like in-person as more as like building the customer base, making connections, building the team. Um, You know, we saw with our Basel, we got thousands and thousands of people interested and they, you know, they were signing up on social media. Same thing with Punk Rock Bowl. And that's what we were thinking, like, oh, this will be a great way to, you know, to get the name out there, to, to build that relationship. But yeah, a majority of the sales, everything is 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 online. Well, I don't think it's going to take long. I, I think once the world opens up again, and you guys get out sure. there a couple. I, I think it's just going to take off. Like I said, I think it's the super rock star feature watch. Like I love it. Um, yeah. In closing, I do ask everyone on the show this question, and I want to hear from both of you on it. When you hear the word rock star. What's the first thing that comes to mind? I mean, it can be, oh, you know, God. and it can be anything. It can be mindset, person, attitude, sex. It can be anything. What, what do you guys, when you hear the word rock star, what do you think? <sighs> Who's going first? <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. It really is a tough one. I mean, I grew up in the New York hardcore scene. So when I hear the word rock star, I, my spine tingles. I think negatively. I think like these sellouts. Until I see some of my favorite musicians out there. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that guy, that girl, such a rock star. Right. right. So that word can have such an, a dual meaning for me, for me, at least. Sure. You know, but I could also look at someone and be like, oh, what a rock star and, and such a, you know, in a negative way. Right. Right. I hear that and I just automatically go to like breaking a guitar, you know, on the stage, throwing, you know, trashing a hotel room, just destruction and just debauchery. I guess that's because I really was, you know, a kid of the 80s and 90s and and really was, you know, watching the the Poisons and Motley Crues and Guns N' Roses and Slash with Jack Daniels and the freaking hat and just drunk as shit. And, you know, I just, I go right there with it. And uh, I think, a big part of that is is just the idea of just complete and total like freedom, um, just carpe diem, living your life and just throwing caution to the wind is what I think of when I hear that word. Yeah. I mean, like Steve, there's obviously a big negative side to that, too, and, and can be, um, you know, seen as just kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of like posers and things like that, too. That can be another whole side of it. Right. But generally speaking. I just go right to just having a good time and partying and and rocking out. And that goes back to what we talked about a little bit as well. When I worked for Warner Brothers Records in the 90s, too, and I was, you know, working on bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers and a lot of these other cool bands and getting on the tour bus with some of these bands when I was doing uh, promotion and marketing for Warner and just seeing that life and, um, being in awe of it, you know, and just looking at it and being like, I can't believe people like live this way and act this way and do these things. It's different. Um, It's very different. And for me, you know, it wasn't for me. I actually, at one point or another, kind of looked at myself in the mirror and said, I can't get paid 
on like free concert tickets and swag. That can't be like my life, sure. <laughs> you right. know? Right. So I basically decided to not be in the music industry world anymore, but I loved it for what it was. And I love seeing those people up front and personal and kind of seeing what they were all about. It was really amazing. So you know, um, to like to pull the curtain back, at least on my process, like knowing that we were going to do this interview today, I woke up and I threw on agnostic front. Exactly. And then <laughs> earlier on, I was listening to social distortion. And just as I went into my office to take the call, my plan was to put on some moon dog to chill out and then to get ready for this. And then I got my time mixed up i sat in the office and boom you called i was like oh my god i'm not ready for this i, I like <laughs> i still had like that social distortion energy going i needed to really chill out but not being yeah. prepared is such a rock star move i gotta tell you <laughs> <laughs> right and i would say something that that's really you know interesting mike to hear steven say that because that's like exactly what steve does with just basically everything he sort of like <laughs> sets the mood he like sets the stage, you know, for himself, even for just, you know, an interview or probably even for like a cup of coffee. You know, it's kind of like the way he operates. And that's a cool thing, I think, between me and him, too, that we're so different in that way. But we have like a lot of like appreciation for each other and how we are so different. That's another nice thing about the collaboration between the two of us. And I think that's what a lot of people said when they saw us down in, in Florida and they would be talking like the two of us together. And they're just like, wow, this like banter between the two of you guys and how you operate is like very like unique and refreshing. And we capture it on camera sometimes in some of the YouTube videos you may have seen where you'll see like us talking to each other and, and so on. And we have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, but you also capture it in your timepiece. I mean, you can see it. There's too many aspects to name. But when you put them all together, it's just it's unique. It's it's sharp. Brothers. Yeah. It's perfect. Nice. Well, guys, that's it. I wanted to touch base with you guys, and I'm glad you got to call in and go back and listen. Yeah, Mike, to thank you yeah. so much. This, no, was, this was fun. And I'm sure we'll see each other soon, one way or the other, and that is it for the day. Anything else you want to leave? Websites, any of that good stuff? Absolutely. Um, the website is uh, com. A-R-E-Y-O-U-S-H-A-R-P.com. Please follow us on Instagram and on our YouTube channel as well. We've got a lot of really cool video content. And uh, look for new products coming out. We've got some great new watches that are going to be coming out soon and, and good marketing. And make sure to follow us. Yeah, Instagram is Shop Bros Watches. Well, we'll put some links to it. And guys, I nice. appreciate you calling in. All right, Mike, take it easy. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.